0: Well hey everybody, welcome back. Today, zooming in from beautiful Whitby, Ontario, we've got an up and coming real estate entrepreneur, Hosha Paul, and she's got a very interesting story. I love I love Hosha's uh, journey so far that she shared with me just before we jumped on the call about how she's, you know, making a go of it with real estate investing by house hacking first and then getting into her her buying old properties. So Hosha, welcome to the show. Great to have Thanks you. Thanks
1: for having me, Dave. Appreciate
0: yeah. it. So tell us, what got you into real estate investing in the first place? What was that spark?
1: Well, weirdly enough, when I was a little kid, I had this dream of being a landlord. I I that is the weirdest crazy.
0: little kid dream <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. I so, know. How the I... heck how did how did the little kid Hosha get him, come up with that dream?
1: I honestly I don't know where the seed got planted really but I just I've always been really into money and how I can make it work for me and ever since I was a little kid like I would get an allowance and I would literally bargain the guy at the corner store so I didn't have to pay the penny tax on the five cent Bigfoot and so I was always trying to think of ways like how can I get other people to you know pay my bills or pay off my real estate and I don't know it just was one of those weird childhood things that never kind of left
0: my brain so very cool very yeah. cool so then how did you make the leap from the the childhood desire to the adult actually doing it yeah
1: well it was a little tricky for me to process emotionally because when i was i was probably around 20 when i first started looking for property and that would have been you know 14 years ago. And at the time, like real estate compared to now was very cheap in the Toronto area. Mm -hmm. But everyone who was older and wiser than me was saying, wait, 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 like there's a bubble. It's going to burst. You shouldn't buy anything. Hold, hold, hold. So I was looking, but the first five years I didn't buy anything because of this advice from... Because because all
0: the... All the older people, exactly wiser supposedly, told you to yes. hold off. Yeah.
1: And by the time five years passed, everything had doubled, uh, and there yeah. was no burst bubble. So I was like, "Shoot, <laughs> I better get in now than when I while I can." So, um, yeah, I just against advice of wiser, smarter people than me, I did go for it in the way that I only way I could afford it at the time, which was to get a duplex that I could live in one unit and rent out the other one. So that's what i did
0: so lesson learned older people older does not necessarily mean wiser <laughs> Fair you, i mean that's that's true i mean i that reminds me of a friend of mine years ago was renting a nice house
1: yeah
0: on a big beautiful lot he had the opportunity to buy it he didn't because again same thing oh no we're in a, the the prices are crazy there's no way I'm going to pay $250,000 for this house. Right. No way. That's crazy, crazy, crazy. I'll wait till it comes down. Well, it never came down. That house is now worth a million bucks. Right. And, you know, same, same thing. So, sounds like you learned firsthand don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait.
1: Oh, that's exactly what I learned. And since I bought my first one, it has doubled again. Yeah, You know, so thank God that I didn't yeah. wait more another five years, like people were telling me, because I probably would have never been able to get started after that.
0: Okay, so you you jumped in, you bought a duplex. Did you say a duplex? A duplex. A, okay. Material, yeah. And you're renting half out, mm-hmm. but you've also got an Airbnb component. Tell us a little bit about that and, and, and some of the fun experiences you've had or interesting experiences you've had, perhaps. Yes. Well, I definitely...
1: Yeah, I definitely learned a few hard lessons when I first got started. Um, So yeah, I do rent out the basement to a tenant who's been with me since I pretty much bought this place. Um, There's two bedrooms upstairs where I stay. And so I live in one. And I rent out the guest room to Airbnb guests, new person pretty much every night. Um, I only do shorter term stays because I don't really like people to get too, too comfy in my house. I don't want the roommate vibe I want them to always be a little bit on edge <laughs> I learned that lesson too um
0: okay well hey that's that's interesting so yeah how did you learn that lesson
1: sure so the first one of the first times that I rented out this space was a weekend that I went away hmm. and um uh, what seemed like a lovely couple was coming into town for their aunt's bridal shower or something like that and just needed to place the crash they were going to go out to the shower in mississauga which is about you know an hour from where i stay and long story short i got a message from the tenant at three in the morning hey are you home
0: the, the tenant <laughs> downstairs
1: edit downstairs oh, no. and that was very out of character to hear that so um i sent my sister over to the house Turns out there was like a 50 plus person all-star weekend party happening with the DJ and the tenant had to like shimmy his way, he said, through the crowd to get the DJ on the mic to announce like someone's blocking a car and please move your vehicle. So it was, they trashed the house. Oh um, it was quite a nightmare, but I learned some really good lessons from that first bad experience. I didn't let it deter me. And now I'm much more picky about who I share the space with. I don't take brand new guests. You have to have five-star reviews from multiple mm-hmm. hosts to come stay in my space where I share a kitchen and a bathroom with strangers. So, yeah. And I make sure I'm home too. So I don't ever rent out my personal home when I'm away for a weekend or anything like that. So I keep it a little bit tamer that way now. So
0: so just, just out of curiosity, and again, I understand you purchased this property yeah. years ago now. Mm-hmm. But you know, Robert Kiyosaki talks about our personal home is typically a liability, it's not an asset. Sounds yeah. like you've turned yours into an asset. Is it cash flow positive or are not you really?
1: Not, not I care? I do cover my all my expenses now, um, but it's not really cash flowing. So okay. it's probably breaking even if I you know, net 700 bucks a year or something like that, that would be a lot. So bottom
0: line is you're not, you're not coming out of pocket to pay your mortgage or your expenses. You're, you're living for free in a duplex in the greater Toronto area, which is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, for sure. It is incredible. And it, it lets me live a little bit more stress-free when I'm pursuing a portfolio where I know at the end of the day, where I'm living, my expenses are covered. um, And yeah. And my mortgage is very, very small now on this house. It's almost paid off. So
0: really put a lot of
1: extra onto it. Yeah. I know. I mean, if if, if, if you're,
0: if you're covering all of your expenses and then if you just discipline yourself to keep paying what you would have been paying towards the mortgage, anyhow, then you get that rapid, rapid pay down. Yeah. Smart cookie. Thank you kindly. Oh, sure. well, that's wonderful. Now, sorry, I keep digging into this Airbnb oh, thing. It's please. just, it's really interesting mm-hmm. because again, most of the people that I interview talking about Airbnb they've, Airbnb, they've got their basement suite set up as an Airbnb. And that's great. Right. You're doing Airbnb the way Airbnb was originally designed,
1: okay. which is, hey,
0: you got a spare bedroom in your house. hmm Create some cash flow from that. So, the nightmare story of the tenant at the beginning crashing yeah. the house—you mm-hmm. learn lessons from that. I guess trying to put myself in your in your shoes, doesn't it get tiring having this never-ending stream of strangers coming through your home?
1: You know what? No, and here's why: because when there's a few reasons when I'm not in the mood, I can just block the calendar off. If I want to have a party, if I want to just read a book tomorrow night, I can just turn it off and no one can book it. I only open up a couple of weeks in advance at a time. I get a lot of last minute requests so I can really control my space and my environment more than I could if I had a roommate, for instance,
0: Uh, for sure, definitely,
1: you know, and the strangers are actually in my my lifestyle, less exhausting because I'm not worried about like someone leaving all their dishes or getting so comfy and having their friends over when I want to have something and I have to coordinate with someone who's Mm -hmm. living here it's much easier I barely even do weekends now to be honest I usually just do Monday to Friday because then I can have the space to do whatever I want but yeah yeah, so there's I have more control this way yeah I make more money too this way than I would with a roommate Um, and yeah I, I get to man plus I I barely meet most of the people. Really? Um, they usually just come in to shower and sleep and they're out early morning before I even get up. So I probably only meet even 20% of the people who stay with me and you couldn't even tell that they were here except for the sheets are messed up. They keep things very clean and they want to keep like a good reputation. on yeah, the Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. It's, it works both ways, right? Those ratings work both ways. So it's yeah. interesting. Interesting. And what, what would you say on average, you're charging per night to understand it probably varies, but give or take.
1: Yeah. So my room is very cheap. Um, it's a very small room. It has a bunk bed and a trundle. So three people can technically fit. I sometimes have three grown men come in to fish oh or for a baseball game or something who stay in this little tiny room. Um, but it ranges from What I take home between $40 and $60, $70, depending on how many people are staying. um, It kind of increases a little bit if you have more than one person or depending Mm -hmm. on the time of year, I might add a cleaning fee or something. Um, But it's, it's not much, but it has to be. It
0: adds up. up. Like like if you have, if you're averaging out 50 bucks net, yeah, per night. That's and you're doing it five nights a week. There's a yep. thousand yep. bucks a month, right? That's, that's exactly
1: right. Usually eight hundred to a thousand bucks a month. Um, and that's you know, if, if even with me canceling out some nights that I don't really feel like. It. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Okay. Very very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, my pleasure. That's that is a true, true house hack. Hats off to you for doing that. That that is great. So, you got going with that one. Uh-huh. I understand you now have another duplex. That's right. Tell us a little bit about that second revenue property. How How long did it take you to get into that one?
1: It took me a good while. Um, so I mer- moved into the first place in 2017. Um, it took me five years. So till last summer, 2022, before I was able to buy my next one. Um, when I say able to... It had a lot more to do with mortgage qualification than down payment at the time. Mm. Um, I was a waitress pre-COVID, and I was one of those ones who like claimed all my tips so that I could use the income to qualify for financing. Mm. you know. And um, it, then when the pandemic hit, the bank just said, no, we're not lending to any restaurant industry workers, period um because we know that restaurants will be shut down for a while so it didn't matter that i had for years claimed my tips it
0: went to zero Jeez. the bank said we will not lend to you ah ah there you are doing all the right things and paying all that tax and
1: i know hit you in the butt you know uh, what but it was it was it was okay like um i feel like god gave me another opportunity and i yeah. ended up over covid switching what i was doing and Some people may know about Aaron Moore, the wholesaler with House Steels GTA, I ended up getting a job with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so within about a year and a half or so was able to re-qualify for financing, which is then when I got the second income property.
0: Nice. Congratulations. So is that one pretty close to where you're at or is it quite a ways away or what?
1: about a 45 minute drive for me so not too far close enough okay. that I can manage it myself.
0: And are you renting that property out long term or short term? What what is it?
1: Long-term tenants okay. there. Yeah.
0: So you just bought that recently. How's mm-hmm. the cash flow in that property? Is it cash flow positive or very the... minimal?
1: Yeah. Very minimal as well. Um cash flow positive but barely like not anything to write home about.
0: So what it, I'm just curious yeah. because it seems like you are very financially astute, very good with your money. You've been interested in it since you were a kid. Is the goal to pay off your personal property mortgage as quickly as possible and then roll all of that into paying down that second property mortgage as quickly as possible so you end up with two free and clears ASAP? Or, or what are you planning to do there?
1: not exactly. So mm-hmm. for me I do I'm a low risk kind of personality. Yeah. Um probably why I've been slow getting going. Um I I do like the security of knowing that at least my primary residence is paid. I hear um you. So, you you
0: and my wife have a lot in common.
1: Do we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so like I am happy to leverage new properties as long as it makes sense. And it doesn't put me in the hole every month, but I do also like to know that where I live, worst thing came to worse. I would not be kicked out of my own house, you know? So um, the goal is to, you know, pay off the house I live in, you know, not probably over 20 years, probably sooner than that, but not necessarily as quickly as possible, somewhere in between. And then, but for the new property and hopefully subsequent properties to leverage them appropriately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what are your long-term goals and aspirations with real estate?
1: Well, this might sound silly, but I made myself a goal in 2020 Mm -hmm. that I wanted to be worth $20 million in 20 years. So starting 2020. Mm -hmm. So and to do that primarily through real estate. So that's the goal for me, I would um, like to continue building, you know, small multifamilies with good quality tenants who, you know, pay off your mortgage over time. And that will be my retirement plan. This is not for excessive cash flow. Now, this is, I will never have a pension, I would like to leave a legacy to my future children. Mm -hmm. And so 20, 30, 40 years from now, we'd like to be able to lean on the equity that has been built over time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, that, and it's very, very doable. You're a sharp person. And especially if you start scaling faster now that you got proof of concept and you're more comfortable yeah. with, with everything, I can see that happening. It's, it's interesting. Uh, a good friend, very sharp real estate investor who kind of did a plan along those lines okay. and, and and it's interesting. So he built up quite a big portfolio, then getting towards retirement age, he sold off. I think all of it, if I'm not mistaken, wow. and then built a brand new purpose-built multifamily from scratch, which they're, they're, they're rapidly paying off. So the, the goal is they're going to have one, Multifamily. Yeah. yeah that's pretty new that's free and clear mm-hmm. but his philosophy not that long ago was kind of spread it all out spread the risk all that kind of stuff but he's had a change of pace and then the other the other thing that's interesting i've seen some other folks that have that goal you know because you're a young person so yeah 20 years is you know that, that's great but here's something you might consider like yeah to to scale to the, st- the stage that you want to, you're probably going to have to start bringing on joint venture partners, raising capital, yeah, that sort of thing, which is great. But usually that also involves sharing the equity mm-hmm. and decision making with a lot of these properties.
1: Right.
0: So one really smart idea is to do that, but also to have a number of smaller properties for the time being, like you have. And then just focus on paying those off, right? Mm-hmm. So that in 10, 15 years, whatever your your massive, your your big multifamily portfolio is great, but it's probably pretty leveraged still.
1: Right. However,
0: you've got a nice little package of duplexes or yeah. whatever that are free and clear. And then right. all not just the equity in that. And 20 years down the road, if you got if you got five duplexes that are free and clear, God knows what those are going to be worth in exactly. twenty years. But yeah. also the cash flow is pretty significant. Plus, mm-hmm. then you've got all your, you know, because you hear, you hear about all these gurus and stuff. Oh, I've got five thousand doors, or I've got four hundred doors. I've got well, no, they don't. They've got a tiny little percentage ownership, in a whole bunch of syndications that in. Right. Total- total up 400 doors. So yeah. don't always listen to that cuz that's playing with the numbers. They might have a sliver of highly highly leveraged equity spread out amongst 400 doors. Yeah. Does that make any is that making
1: sense Absolutely. And because it's a long-term retirement legacy leaving plan for me, like I want to go hard the first few years, leverage what I need to to, you know, get down payments for the next one, but then yes, start paying things off. Um because you know if you you want to be able to sell one every 5 years or whatever and live off of it type of thing so
0: maybe maybe not who knows but it, but yeah. anyhow it's it change, and then, yeah. then the other thing is uh you know you you were very conservative and you worked hard to save up your money and put down the down payment mm-hmm. a lot faster if you do jvs with other people who would like to partner with somebody sharp like you when they don't have the time, interest, or knowledge on how to do it themselves, you find the deals, you bring the team to the table, yeah. you manage the properties, they put up all the money, right? share them, that's a, that's a much faster way to grow.
1: For sure. And I know that that's the next step that I need to take. Yeah. Um, it has been a point of fear, I would say for me, because like I'm careful with my own money, and the extra pressure of stewarding someone like a stranger's money. Well, oh, to weighs on me, like I would never want to, you know, disappoint someone else. It's almost harder to take risk with someone else's stuff. So that has been a point of hesitation, but at the same time, I do feel I've gained, you know, some, a little bit of experience, a little bit of knowledge over the time. And I feel that is the next step that I need to confidently take to move
0: forward for sure. Are you open to a little bit of, unsolicited coaching around that please please <laughs> so you're you're not alone and I, and quite frankly I'm glad you feel that way because that shows me that you will be a good steward of opm other people's money mm-hmm. when you start being on joint venture partners but here's here's what I'm going to suggest to maybe give your your thought process a little tweak around that okay If, well, first of all, let me ask you this. Do you believe that real estate is the best way for average people like you and I and your joint venture partners to get an above average return on their money that's backed by something solid, real, and tangible?
1: Oh, hands down. I would die on that hill. Okay.
0: What did you say? I would die on that hill. Okay. You would die on that hill. That is great. All right. So you believe that. So if some if if you had a good deal and it sounds like you're able to analyze and see if a deal is a deal or not if you had a good deal that was available and people understood the pros and the cons of the deal they understood the rewards and the risks of the deal and if they understood that if they partner up with you that you're not going to make any money unless they make money Right. If they partner up with you and if they understand that they're covered first uh-huh. before you get paid, then wouldn't it kind of be a disservice not to show them the opportunity and allow them to make up their own mind whether or not they want to invest with you?
1: Oh, well, and you put it like that, Dave.
0: <laughs> well, that's exactly how we should yeah. put it, right? Because. Yeah, you're right. This this is a hill you're willing to die on, is that real mm-hmm. estate is the way to go. You know it. You know it. You've known it since you were a little girl. You've yeah. lived it now. You've seen. Yes. You've seen the results of waiting. Mm-hmm. You've seen and the true. results of listening to those oldies and not so wiseies mm-hmm. about it, We're in a bubble. You know, you understand you're not in here doing flips. You're doing long-term buy and hold. Yeah. You're, you understand the market can go up and down but over time, especially mm-hmm. the GTA, it's going to keep going up, right? Yeah. So I think is, is that helpful a little bit to kind of shift things a tiny bit for you?
1: Yeah, for sure it is and I remember I, I was I joined this um real estate investors network called Durham REI in our area. Yeah. And when I first joined the club, I got a 15-minute phone call with Quentin de who Sharp guy. runs yep. the thing. Yeah. And I remember sick, I was still struggling then even with the JV thing. I said, why would these people though wanna work with me? Mm-hmm. You know? And he said to me, I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, Hosha, that's not a real estate issue. That's a confidence issue. And I <laughs> thought, well, oh shoot, that is true. And that's that's a thing that I just in my own personality, my own, I have to get over it.
0: Well, here's the here's the big challenge. You're not alone there, Jose either. Yeah. Because you're going to these real estate groups where there's guys like Quentin that have got, I mean, Quentin's portfolio is huge now, and he's got 20, 30 years in the trenches. And that's what you're comparing yourself to. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong thing to compare yourself to. Here's the here's the stat that I'm aware of. 95% of Canadians have never purchased an investment property. Their own house doesn't count, mm-hmm. all right? So if you've got even one successful real estate deal under your belt, you're ahead of 90 plus percent of the general population. Now, the general population doesn't go to those real estate investment groups. Real estate uh-huh. investors go to those groups. So that's right. that's what you think is normal. That's completely abnormal, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, So here's the thing. You with your experience level right now Mm -hmm. is kind of like when you were a kid in elementary school, when you were in kindergarten, the kid that was in grade three seemed like they had it all together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They could read, they could write, they could do math. You're still having nappy time and figuring out how to tie your shoes. Right. So, so it's, it's, you know, but if you're looking at somebody that's been doing this for 30 years, then it's like, you're you're that grade three kid comparing yourself with somebody in university type thing. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's all, all a matter of perspective there. So I think you are perfectly positioned to grow your portfolio, however you prefer to, whether yeah. it's low and steady under your own financial steam, but uh, if you're ready to start bringing other people on board, you're definitely qualified to do that. Thank I know you. you'd be a good steward of their, of their funds. So, yeah, cool. So what, uh, what if, if people want to connect with you and find out more? Yeah, what can they do?
1: Well, they can find me on Facebook uh, at Hosha Soraya, which is J O S E A, and then the second name Saraya, Soraya, S O R A Y A, or Hosha's, so J O S E A S dot abodes on Instagram.
0: I like that. <laughs> Hosha's abodes.
1: Hosha's <laughs> abodes. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. Well, beautiful. So congratulations on what you've done. Thank you for sharing some of those insights and those tips, especially around the Airbnb, Airbnb, right in your own house. I love that you're doing that and you're still rocking it with that. And I I'm looking forward to, to seeing some really great things from you in the not too distant future.
1: Thank you so much, Dave, for the coaching and the encouragement and for having me.
0: My pleasure. All right, everybody take care. And we'll talk to you on the next one.